Josh, what's the problem with Hollywood these days? Well, Joe, they've run out of ideas. I'm Joe. I'm Josh. You've got questions? You're feeling grounded. <laughs> Welcome to Feeling Grounded with your hosts, Josh and Joe. So what we want you all to do right now is subscribe to Feeling Grounded Podcast and like this video. Share this video also to any prospective person that you feel might enjoy this content. Also become a patron. On Patreon, you guys will be able to see a multitude of content that Josh and I love to put out there. We'd love to share our reactions to certain things. Also follow us at Instagram, at Feeling Grounded Podcast. That's at Feeling Grounded Podcast. Please make sure also that when you're on YouTube, like this video but also comment and put questions on there because that's how a discussion and questions and that will make you feel grounded. Amen to that. Entertainment. Where's the entertainment guys? So what's interesting about pop culture these days is that things are incredibly formulaic. Would you agree, Josh? Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, something comes out of nowhere every so often that takes the world by storm. You know, in this case, it's the survival thriller show from South Korea, the TV show Squid Game. Mm -hmm. Uh, We already did part one for this, uh, and this is part two of our series on Squid Game, part two of two. So it was released about two months ago. Mm. That's right. Back in September. Now, Josh, have you watched since or had any, any desire to? I've had the desire to, but I did not watch it. <laughs> and I'm sorry to say that I did not watch it. I was going to, but then life got, a, got away from me. I agree. I totally hear you. You know, life gets ahead. Uh, there has been no... I've been your only advertising for this show, really. Speaking of which, there was no advertising for this show, like when mm. it first came out. It was really just word of mouth. I started watching it one month ago uh, with family, you know, there's nothing attractive about the title Squid Game that kind of turns you off, you know, but geez, <laughs> I, am I happy that I did watch it? You know, mm. it was probably the most tense experience since like early Walking Dead seasons. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, pulling me in from the first episode, uh, but it is gripping. You know, it is a stark contrast from 95 percent of the Hollywood's crap these days. Right. Stark yeah. contrast. Yeah, I can see that. I could see yeah. that, and that's why there's so much attention on it, I think, you know, because it is so different from the typical formula of what we've been seeing in everything. Yeah. Everything. What do you usually see in Hollywood nowadays? Like, what types of shows do you usually see in your advertising? Well, I feel like most things are remakes and kind mm-hmm. of like re... What's the word? When they take an old IP that was really popular and then they are trying to recreate it. Yeah. Um, that's definitely been everywhere. And then they, they take it in a different direction that is a little more geared towards social... Issues? Issues. Okay. Um, is what I've seen. I don't, I don't know if that's what you've seen, but... I think the remakes are a huge issue and that we should probably do away with that. Uh, right. The problem we is kind of, we haven't... Uh, we just haven't had a lot of original ideas or if the original ideas are 
not propagated enough. You, they kind of they're falling yeah. asleep. Yeah, I think we've come full circle. Didn't we discuss this on our like first, either first or second episode? Maybe the second episode mm-hmm. of this podcast. We just discussed why everything like they're all creatively bankrupt, yep. and everything is just kind of taking what we had when we were kids and then turning it a little more politically correct through a remake that has more social stuff kind of yeah glued to it to make it seem better. It's kind of like they're trying to like rewrite history, <laughs> like in a way, yeah. yeah like but the mistakes that they th- made, they're trying to like, or even the, the, the mistakes that they think they made, yeah. And they're trying to change that, yeah, through all this new stuff. And it sucks because we want to be able to have something that we can escape from, and a lot of these newer interpretations are just reminding us of real life, and a lot of made the appeal of these earlier works or these original works, as we can see with Squid Game, is that it is a form of escapism that a lot of people have been flocking towards. Yeah, no, definitely. And you get this kind of a more interesting kind of newer concept and idea and like, you know, with different characters and different like, um, you know, a different culture. It is exciting. You know, it's, it's yeah. new. It feels fresh. Like I can think of the, the, like the last thing in my mind is like Stranger Things. Like yeah. that was like so interesting. Like the story mm-hmm. was so new and it was exciting and, uh, and it was just kind of out of the, the norm of what you mm-hmm. normally see. In- but like how any thing that is created by Hollywood or something good that is created by Hollywood gets, you know, Tarantino into a certain way that is nostalgia baiting mm-hmm. and becomes like a shell of its former self. No, exactly. I mean, that's, yeah. how, that's how I feel. I feel very passionate about, like, the the live-action remakes of Disney. It's like they're, like, taking the good, fun things that we grew up with and then rehashing it to make it seem, um, well, to get more money and then also mm-hmm. just to make it a little more PC or appropriate for the culture today. Mm-hmm. And that way it can kind of keep going in many ways. But, uh, yeah. But to... Uh, Give you a quick recap of what's going on in the show. We yeah. focus on the main character. His, I, I said Jiwon last time, but it's Gion. That's his name. He's like a deadbeat gambler who's whisked away to this remote compound with other people from various backgrounds. You know, we got bankers, we got criminals, we got refugees, you know, men with terminal illnesses, but each have this common ground in wanting to get rich. Mm. All of them do. Um, but it becomes clear quick that elimination in the game means death so as the games continue you know tensions rise between contestants alliances are formed as you know the stress sets in and there's no restrictions on fights between the players not including the games which unplanned murders become you know a regular occurrence and it's and it's interesting i'm not going to spoil any of this for you josh i thought about it because i did a little bit for that first episode but i tried to tarantino in this a certain way you know the show is so interesting it it doesn't become predictable or formulaic Mm -hmm. new and challenging situations arise you know one game uh, because it's it's divided into six games in the uh in the show one game might rely you know on patience maybe testing the mind or testing the physical you know you never know what you'll be getting into as a contestant uh or what'll happen beforehand should i partner up with the characters ask herself should i partner up with a strong person or a weak guy with a little bit more mental fortitude you know the women in the game they have to play smart in the games you know utilizing words and and brain power as opposed to 
you know, lacking in their lacking of physical strength. You know, you root for them in their ability to get ahead. It's satisfying. It's impressive, you know? Yeah, no, definitely. I, I could see that. Yeah. And a person who helped you in one game might not be able to assist you next time or worse, doesn't want to. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so you got like all these different characters and personalities impacting decisions, you know, and there's a real hunger for having character driven stories mm. nowadays, you know? Yeah, definitely. It's not like the script needs things to happen. It's the characters that have agency. Yeah, exactly. And that's how it always should be. You know, that's what that's what we want. That's what makes a good story and a good media mm -hmm. content is, is yep. good characters. Yeah, each one has like some separate um, motivation, or so to see, so to speak. You know, the thug relies on the thug or criminal relies on brute force. There's a, an immigrant that you know sees potential good in all. You know, you got the loose cannon who ruins relationships, um, and there's always some type of relatability with them even if like you aren't them you know yeah. what i mean yeah. there's nothing more gripping than i won't spoil it but you know you got episodes six seven and eight you know it, it it shows how far people go if you push them and you know just like you and me you know people like everybody lies and cheats like when they're pushed to a certain extent mm. you know for western eyes like all like us we want to recognize actors you know you got matthew mcconaughey you got uh jake Hall, you got uh, uh jennifer garner i don't know <laughs> uh, but we know those faces and we don't know these south korean actors mm -hmm. that's a great thing because these people have been acting mostly uh they they, they act like average people like us you know they really sell themselves you know, especially how they act with difficult choices. And we're not bound down by knowing who the actors are beforehand. Mm. Yeah. Isn't that, isn't that amazing? No, that is amazing. It is. It's like fresh. It's all new. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why it was so popular. This new, mm -hmm. exciting thing that people could experience for the first time. Mm -hmm. And it was, you know, so different from everything else. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of what, made, what drove the success, I think. Yeah. It's... This show, like, I can't sing its praises enough because it's so, it's so distinct compared to, like, the cardboard cutout characters that we see in all the time in the West. You know, it's all this stale, preachy crap that, you know, this show feels right now fresh. You know, it, it's got its flaws, Squid Game, uh, you know, there's a, there's a cheap ending in a way, mm. but it didn't detract too much. Like, it still kept me interested and I know that season two got uh, greenlit. Um, yeah, but there's a there's a lot of themes that I think are uh, worth mentioning, or at least they were theorized. You know, journalists, I believe, were pissed because there was this anti-capitalist theme or something like that. I can't fully agree with that. And even if that's true, mm. I mean, who cares? You know, <laughs> this is an escapist type of uh, show, you know, mm. about people dealing with real stress and how you will overcome it, you know. We all know Hollywood will inevitably copy and paste this show. Uh, you know, they'll make it soulless, just like they did Star Wars. Um, mm -hmm. But let's take the win while we've got it, you know? Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Yeah, yeah I feel that 100%. I think that's great. 
I had a thought that I wanted to take this in, but it's... We can always edit it, so take your time. Take your time. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's okay. I think think we can kind of end it there. Mm -hmm. But the... um, Yeah, no, I'm I'm still excited to watch it. I'm definitely going to try to make the effort, too. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. We'll see when that happens. And then we can talk about it when I do. <laughs> <laughs> Which may or may not happen. <laughs> no guarantees. All right, Joe. Love it. The future is inevitable, but let's travel back in time. All right. So November 24th, 1991, Freddie Mercury. Mm-hmm. We all know him. Lead singer of Queen. He dies at age 45. One day after announcing that he was HIV positive, uh, you know, what hasn't already been said about Freddie Mercury? Uh, I, I've been hooked on them for years. Uh, how about you, Josh? Yeah, I, I appreciated him. I appreciated Queen. Uh, they weren't my favorite band in the world, but mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I'd always rock out the Bohemian Rhapsody when it was on the radio. But yeah. I wouldn't like I wouldn't like go search for their songs. I like appreciate them or have a ton of respect for him and for was it Brian Adams who's the guitarist? Brian May, Brian May, oh, Brian May, Brian May, Brian Adams. That's a, <laughs> um, but yeah, I wouldn't like put it on a playlist or something. But I do I have a lot of respect for mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. I leading up to the 2018 movie, probably a year out, I've actively searched them out. So I was very prepared for the movie when it came out. You know, mm. just like you said with Bo Rap, uh, Don't Stop Me Now, We Will Rock You. The hits are uh, are timeless. Um, but there's so much more to them song-wise. you got songs like Liar, Keep Yourself Alive, The Prophet Song, which I would say is actually better than Bohemian Rhapsody, but that's yeah. a story for another time. But yeah, uh, the ability of Brian May and Freddie Mercury to multi-track guitar and vocals to make it sound as if it's like an orchestra of voice or orchestra of guitar mm-hmm. it's was outstanding and he has a sound of his own brian may we'll yeah, go he into. definitely does definitely does apparently he's like a really smart guy he's yeah like he's an astro- astrophysicist astrophysicist yeah which is crazy <laughs> <laughs> you you were going to have Roger Taylor, the drummer, as a dentist. Mm. I believe also we had a science mind for the uh, bassist and keyboardist, John Deacon, too. Oh, very cool. <laughs> yeah, they were they were whizzes. Um, but to paraphrase like a lasting quote for Freddie Mercury, he said something like, be aware of your sound. You know, don't mm. fall into a trap. Uh, you know, you build up your own sound and that's. And that's all the public wants, but don't be manipulated by the public. Uh, each album, it, he he lived by that. It brings newness. There is a new sound per album, and it's so um, it's so catching is the word. Yeah, no, I I totally I totally agree with that. That mm-hmm. is true. Like so many of their songs are very distinct and they're different from each other, and I think that's really mm-hmm. cool. It kind of mm-hmm. evolves over time. Um, but yeah, no, that's great. Yeah. What about you? Okay, so mine, I'm forgetting the year off the top of my head, so I'm just going to pull up this article. So, 1966, <laughs> I forget if it was 67 or 66, <laughs> um, November 24th, The Beatles, The Beatles, which we have talked about, I don't know, maybe once before. <laughs> A time or two. <laughs> on this podcast. They um, they began recording uh, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, which I think... It's a good, very, very amazing album, and I think it's like their most, one of the most popular ones, like up to that time. Like I know a lot of them were really in everyone's faces, but I feel like this is the one that like everyone had. 
Like Rolling Stone continually cites this as the most influential album of all time, yeah, like exactly. five, five, five hundred greatest, and deservedly so. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, of course, what hasn't already been said about the Beatles? They're my favorite and always will be. But this album combines a whole host of sounds and vocal arrangements and uh, orchestral arrangements too. Day in the Life is one of their is their mm-hmm. magnum opus, definitely, uh, and as it should be. Um, I would actually say my favorite is Revolver as their favorite album. I think it was their most cohesive. This is just a, a passion project for John and Paul. Right, right. No, definitely, definitely. Uh, but yeah, yeah, you know, they're they're done with touring. They're done with... Uh, they're they're kind of making like a whole new identity for themselves and it shows. Mm. And yeah. everyone tried to copy them. This is where psychedelic uh, exactly. songs... Exactly, uh, this is where it all real, came uh, from. <laughs> yeah, and then a couple... Uh, couple months later you have the rolling stones uh with uh, their satanic majesty's request compare those two albums and they're they're trying to be like a carbon copy of them it's so hilarious and how much it failed yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. exactly instead of in, instead of like all you need is love from their single uh magical mystery tour mm-hmm. uh you have uh what is it? Uh, we love you by the oh. Rolling Stones. Like, come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like, uh, yeah, they definitely copied them quite a bit. And I know that they would, in the beginning, they gave, they gave, like would give each other songs. They would like borrow songs from each other. Yeah, the first song that like made the, the Rolling the, Stones hits uh, was the first Rolling Stones hit was I Want to Be Your Man. Want to Be Your Beatles. Man. That's the one. Yeah. Yep. They wouldn't have had a career without uh, John and Paul. That's very true. Very true. All right, well, there you have it. So Sergeant Peppers was recording, started this... The recording sessions of Sgt. Peppers started today in 1966. Beautiful. Dope. I think it was with Strawberry Fields, yeah, and Penny Lane. Oh, nice. Because they were singles. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Well, there you go. All right. All right. Man, I am feeling fantastic, you know? Mm-hmm. It's uh, happy almost uh, Thanksgiving. That's right. Yeah, same to you. Happy, happy Thanksgiving almost. By the time it airs, like it'll be uh, tomorrow, the day the day before, yeah. Yeah, well, then, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> Not tomorrow. That's that's true. That's tricky. So it's, it'll be tomorrow when this airs. When it releases, yeah. yes. <laughs> it's not tomorrow, today, because tomorrow today is Monday. Well, let's, even though it's a happy occasion, let's start on crappy. <laughs> okay, that sounds good. Okay, um, you go first. Oh man, crappy this week. My routine got shook a little bit. Um, which was a little difficult just to maintain everything because it was hard to like, because my wife was off this week, which was awesome, which is my happy. Okay. Because <laughs> she okay. was we were home a lot together as a family. But because of that, I wasn't able to like go to the gym or do mass. And like, so I, I, my health was still good. I ate really well. Um, but then it just it kind of it just felt like it was was harder to get back into it again uh, yeah. when, when I had the chance to. So I'm yeah. just hoping next week, starting tomorrow, I'm gonna fall back into the gym and all that. I'm still losing weight. Everything was going good. I gained a little bit the past couple of days just because of eating and hanging out with friends and doing Thanksgiving at our house. But um, you're not that, even gonna you're not even gonna start tomorrow. You're starting today. You're uh, that's you're right. running. I remember you yeah. told me before well, that we right. aired. How about that? That's a big change for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So today I was already eating better, and I, I'm going to go for a run after this. And how about that? So instead of saying tomorrow, you just got to do it today. Nice. That's a big thing. Yeah. So those are my happy and crappy. So crappy, uh, out of my routine. Happy, 
home mm-hmm. with the family. We did Thanksgiving. Had a lot of fun stuff. So it was it was great. Good week. Good. I'm glad for you, man. I also got a dumb phone too. Oh which yeah, we tell should me have, about the, which tell we should do an episode about. So maybe we'll save that phone. for maybe next episode or something. Talk about like the switch to leaving. You know, okay. The world of smart technology. We'll do. Um, so you just went on crap. You kind of did both a hybrid. Uh, for yeah, my crappy, I was pulled everywhere mm. at work, so it was harder to do my pencil pushing work, paperwork, such. Um, but I gotta say, um, I gotta give myself a little pat on the back. I held extreme resolve when, you know, even though like I fell short of my own expectation expectations and that's the thing, they were my own expectations with getting my own work and it's still fine. Mm. I've got time. Uh, just wasn't the ideal. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There you go. But for my, uh, happy, I, about a week ago, I bought a guitar course because my guitar teacher had passed away a, f- a few years ago. So I was really making it a priority to add more time devoted to that at the end of the day, you know, filled with ear training, scales training and mm-hmm. uh, various chord shapes uh, in theory. Uh, and then in addition to that, not even part of the guitar course, uh, I was just trying uh, new song arrangements that I had not usually uh, chosen, like for example, I'm choosing for the first time Sultans of Squ- Swing with mm. uh, Dire Straits. Nice. I love Mark Knopfler, so that's a that's a finger picking style that uh, I truly uh, need to get my head wrapped around. But it's going well. Yeah, he does like the Travis picking, right? Is that how he yeah. does it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I feel that. Yeah, that's great, man. That's really great. I'm happy for you. I've been Thanks. wanting to play guitar a lot more, so maybe I'll do that this week. I'll play a lot more guitar. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of frustration that comes out, and you got to find that one thing that like gets it all out of there before you wind down. Exactly. Egg. Exactly. So what we want you all to do right now is subscribe to Fielding Grounded Podcasts and like this video. Share this video also to any prospective person that you feel might enjoy this content. Also, become a patron. On Patreon, you guys will be able to see a multitude of content that Josh and I love to put out there. We'd love to share our reactions to certain things. Also, follow us at Instagram, at Feeling Grounded Podcast. That's at Feeling Grounded Podcast. Please make sure also that when you're on YouTube, 